What's up, guys? We back. Uh, today's guest is RP Best, one of my good friends, brand manager for World Industries. We talk all about his past with brands like Planet Earth, Rhythm, Duffs, and just his skate history. And then we also talk about his religious belief and his direction for the future. RP's an awesome dude, and I had a blast talking to him. What else is there? Oh, AIN Life, episode one's coming out. Today I worked on the voiceovers for the for the segment for episode one, so that's coming. Stay tuned. Not exactly sure when it's dropping, but bear with me. And then, yeah. Oh, you can get married if you're gay in all 50 states. Thought that was pretty cool. Um, not sure why the government was telling people who they can marry in, in the beginning, but either way, pretty sick that uh, that went forward, you know? Now all I have to say is what's next? What's the next thing we can change, make better, so people don't have to feel repressed? All right, enjoy this episode. Love you. This is the Shetland Show. Whatever you do, you have one thing that's unique. You have the ability to make up. When things get tough, this is what you should do. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. I hope they get it. I'm sick of explaining history. I'm rolling with a circle of winners. We claim the victories. Yeah, yeah, come on. It's about to be the realest shit you ever heard. You're in a transitional world right now. Yeah, it's just basically going for it. You know, sometimes you, know, you think about getting hurt or slamming, but you know it, it happens. It's skateboarding. You know, it happens every day. Yeah. People are worried about skateboarding and the skate state of the industry. Yeah. The truth is, we are the industry. Yeah. Skateboarders are the industry. Experience, I guess, just because there's like I've never seen like that many skaters in one place. Just like it's like we take over the street. What's up, RP? How's it going, man? Going really well, man. How are you? I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Um, I guess the intro is we're back. That's what I always say. So I'm gonna say it again. We're back. The Shetler Show in the house. Today we got <laughs> RP Best. Good time, homie. Um, I met RP, God, when World Industries, basically through World Industries, when that whole thing started, I met RP. I believe you were a brand manager at the time. Correct me if I'm wrong. So I was marketing director, I guess is the, is the title, but uh, oversaw all of the brand. And what was that, 2008, right? When did, when did, um... Well, let me, let me, let me preface this. Let me start over. Let me start from the beginning. I met RP through World. First thing I learned about RP, fucking nicest dude I know. Seriously. <laughs> and if, if anyone has ever met RP, they're going to say the same thing. The dude is a straight up, solid, epic human human being. And uh, I concur. I fucking concur. I like you, RP, in case you're wondering. <laughs> Thanks, man. I don't think I've always been the nicest individual. I think I've kind of um, learned over the years it's, it's it's better to be nice than to be lame. So Yeah, uh, that's, that's good. Probably having kids will probably teach you that, too, I'm sure. Yeah, and wife puts you in check, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I have that sometimes. All right, so... Age, age too, age. Yeah, age is the ultimate humbler. That's the that's the funny thing. I can see when the older people look at young kids and they're just, like, laughing because it's like, you're like, ah, oh, venue, I've seen you. I know where you're going. I know where that wall... I know where that attitude and that thought hits a wall, and we'll see if you grow past it. So, um, I'm since I'm 32, I'm an old man now, so I can say that sort of, I guess, right? I, don't know. I remember when you turned 30, dude. <laughs> you're laid up on the couch at World. And we went, who was it? Was it me and Mike or me and, yeah, because it was me and Mike because Charlie was in South America. So yeah. we went and got you a cake, dude. Dude, RP, 
You, you barely could even get off the couch, right? Like, Dude, I had vertigo, and you guys took care of me. And Franklin was, like, carrying me around his house, getting me food. <laughs> like, I literally couldn't walk for two weeks. Every time I sat up, I'd throw up. You guys took care of me. It's fucking awesome. Uh, that was a horrible time. Horrible time. But I had good yeah, friends. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Can't imagine, dude. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. No worries. But moving along, moving along. I want to get into... Uh, how you found skateboarding. That's how I usually start my shows out, but since we know each other, I wanted to say hi again. But uh, where'd you get into skating? Your first board? Like, did a friend show you? What happened? So you know what's crazy? I was probably about nine or ten, right? And, like, there was... I lived on, like, a cul-de-sac. You know, like, you know... I think everybody knows what those are. Um, yeah, yeah, cul-de-sac. And then a couple a couple doors down, there's this, like, older dude. I don't even remember his name now. Um... And I saw this skateboard in his garage, and it was like some old board from like the 80s. It was a you know 10 inch wide board. I don't even know what it was. So I stepped on it, and for some reason, I think I remember having like blue grip tape. Sick. Blue. And I stepped on it, and I just seemed so rad. Like I got on it, I couldn't really do anything, um, obviously, but I was like, it just felt good. But then, like maybe a few months or a year later, that was my first interaction with a skateboard really ever. Was it, sorry to cut you off, but was no. it, was it a real skateboard or was it like a, a Walmart cheap? I don't even, I, I don't even know at this point. I think it was a real one. Cause I think they had bones cubics. Like, so they were kind of that, that bones wheel that kind of curved. It was square on one side and it, it curved out like, Hell yeah. um, but I, I could be completely wrong. <laughs> um, but it had blue grip tape, which is sick. I know. Like these are the things I remember. I might have been younger than eight. I mean, nine. I might have been eight. But um, and then we moved a block away. Uh, and another, again, a couple doors down, there's like this surfer dude that was a couple years older, maybe three years older, four years older than me. And he had this quarter pipe and we lived on a cul-de-sac again. And he pulled this thing out, you know. Hold on. And, hold on. Before we get going, let's just clarify yeah. what a cul-de-sac is. Let's make sure I know what it is. It's like when you drive down a road and it has a dead end and it's like a circle yeah. kind of. And everyone, yeah. what's the dynamics of a cul-de-sac? Does everyone know each other because their houses, they're close? I, you know what it is? Um, it's like the burbs. I don't even, yeah, it was total suburbs. I don't know what the, because you live on a through street, correct? Yeah, we have a big circle, but there's just like, there's no dead end. Like, there are some dead ends, yeah. but not where so we So basically, like, I'm talking about, like, a, a it was literally like, uh, one, two, three, there's probably like six or seven homes like, yeah. on the street. That's it. And like, so you have this, like, you have this big, flat, um, circular section like with that leads to all the driveways, right? So we're like, so you have like a playground in the middle, if you will, you know. Hell yeah, that's awesome. So you're when out you're there, kids, you're right? out there, and this fucking dude is like, hey, bro, check out this boy. Yeah. I'm a surfer. So guess, guess what? Oh, he pulls out, yeah, he t- no, 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 no. He wasn't even like that. Like <laughs> uh, he wasn't that surfio, but um, he or bro, <laughs> he um, he he pulls out this this coldest. I mean, sorry, this um quarter pipe that's probably like. Man, I mean, you know, back then you think everything's bigger than it is. It's probably about four or five feet. It didn't go to vert or anything, but, you know, it was kind of gnarly. Yeah, hell yeah. And, and I'd be like, no way. I'd watch him. And then, man, taking it back, I had cousins that were about the same age as me, and um, they got into skateboarding first. Sick. So then I was hanging out with them over a summer. So I saw skateboarding, and I was kind of, like, into it, but I didn't really, like, know what skateboarding was. Where where were you? Oh, what city is this? This is all in Encinitas. So Encinitas, California. So like, it's a it's a suburb of San Diego, like North San Diego County. Like, it used to be a pretty big skate town. I think it still is. Like, hell yeah. Um, 
So actually, I take that back. I think I got I got a target board. I got a board from like an action action sports board. So it was like a full on cheap board, right? That was like my very first skateboard. Yep. Everyone seems to get those cheap boards for the first one. That's just like fuck. This is what you know of skateboard. Let's go to fucking big mall store or whatever. No, the that's what it was like it was, it was from a store that's not even around anymore called Gemco, if I remember correctly, and like um. It was like this yellow action sports board. It looked just like everything else out there. It was like it actually, but it had some shape to it. It had like a little like fish, excuse me, fish shape. Sick. It was like okay, sick. But then my cousins got into it, and like their dad. So my uncle, my mom's brother, their dad was a skateboarder in the '60s, and so and '70s. Sorry, did you hear that? Did that come through the whole podcast? No, I don't worry about it. I'm sure I okay. would usually uh, interrupts and barks and freaks out, so I'm sure we'll have that. Okay. My listeners okay. are used to it. Okay, right. <laughs> well, um, so I, what was it? I, um, so well, back to that. So my uncle, he was in the 60s. Um, he, the, he got, his boys got into it. So I had two, uh, three boy cousins, but his two older co- uh, sons got into it. And, and so I went up to their house, which is like in San Gabriel Valley, like, Upland. So like in Upland, like kind of by, um, where, where activists out of, you know, yep. um, Rancher Cucamonga, Upland, whatever. And, um, there I saw them where like they had legit boards with like bones, freestyle wheels and like, um, Indies and, and like they had rat, they had like good setups. And I was like, they made yours, they made yours look like shit. You were like, oh, yeah, damn it. Right? <laughs> and, and I, I don't know how my mom wasn't just like, Oh, call your uncle and like, let's figure out what you need for a skateboard. So then I saved up, like, I was, like, cutting lawns, like, washing cars, like, saving every penny I could. And this is, like, around 86. Oh, dude, another thing. I'm sorry, dude. This is all coming back. I'm sorry it's so scatterbrained. Go ahead. Another thing that happened was Bones Brigade video number three, Search for Animal Chin, came out. Sick. And I stumbled upon this new skate shop that opened up in my city, in my town. And I went in there. They had a vert ramp in the store, like a 10-foot-tall vert. It went to vert. In the like, store? That's sick. In the store, yeah. It was actually 12 feet wide and went to vert. So basically it went to the ceiling. <laughs> and um, and in the middle of, like, the ramp, it was, like, in, in the middle section of the 12-foot wide, there was a TV. Dang. And you could sit on the transition on the opposite side and just watch videos. Play. I walked in, and the end was, was playing Search for Animal Chin. Damn, you're and I suck. saw the chin ramp, and I just was like blown away. It was like it was like this building up of like, oh, step on a skateboard. Your na- your dude, your homie a- a- across the street like has a quarter pipe. Like your cousins are into it, and then like you go boom, like search for animal chin, and I just my jaw dropped. I was like, dude, are you kidding me? Yeah, you like and, call, you got what we like to call culture shock. You went from like just finding it to being immersed in it. That's awesome. Yeah, but this was the coolest thing in the world, dude. Like, I was like, no way. So I saved up everything I could um, and bought a Schmidt Sticks twig stick because I'm a little kid. Yeah. So I'm 10. So now, so this all happened in like a year. But, you know, that seems like forever as a kid, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you're waiting to get so, a new skateboard. Holy shit, that would feel like a lifetime. Well, no, I mean, this from the, my probably my first interaction on skateboards to like when I was like, dude, I got to do this was probably about a year and like I 
I could, saved up and I what got could you this. Do? What could you do on a board? Could you ollie? Where were you at? Oh, we didn't even know about ollieing at that point. <laughs> like, let me just tell you, it was insane. You don't even know. You started, like, when I actually became, when I started in the industry, I think you started. Yeah. Your whole, like, you picked up a board in 94, right? I believe so. It seems like, I don't even know, I was 13, I'm 32 now, it was like 18 years or something. Yeah, dude, so you were, yeah, so look, dude, like. you already been skating, you were skating laps around me by this time. Yeah, so, um, dude, I'm talking, we didn't even know, like, we were just hyped, cruising up quarter pipes, doing fakies, rocks, doing doing pivot grinds, doing whatever, like, we were skating quarter pipes and jump ramps, dude. Was that, we were, like, off ramps. Is that because the videos? Is that like what you yeah, saw? Yeah, videos. That's what was going on. Yeah. Like to think of like your board going like all in and like you're sticking with you was insane. Damn. Um. So you guys, that that's awesome. But man, ollies are so fun and kick flips and three flips. I know. I I totally hear you. But let me <laughs> tell you, dude, like, we didn't even. I'll tell you about my first ollie in a second. Um. But yeah, I saw it was a smidge stick twig stick mini, dude. And I, I know Paul Schmidt now, and he's the guy that, that was his brand. Did you tell him like, that was your first yeah, board? Yeah, like, Paul, oh, my first board. He's like, oh, yeah, we cut. Those were Joe. What did he say? Those were like oh, um, Joe Lopes boards that we cut down. And I was like, what, dude? Like, he repurposed boards, and that's what I bought was one. I remember going to the shop, and it was actually a surf shop. So I went to the surf shop. They had a little section in the, in the back corner. Like, you would go up to a window and be like, hey, what's up? Can I get this board or that board? I had to order it. I had to custom order it. And I got that. I got some indies and I got these Bones freestyle wheels that were like super square. They're probably like 55s. So they're kind of small for back then, but they were like amazing looking. Freestyle, but were you, were they good for quarter pipes? That's what you're on though. Yeah, but they look, here's what happened. My cousins had this set up and, and they got it at some place called like their shop was Skateboards Plus in, in like Rancho Cucamonga or whatever. Skateboards so, Plus. Like, prior to prior to the whole active, all that, dude. This is like active wasn't even probably a thought yet. But um, yeah. So like I kind of was just going off of what they had because I didn't really know, and and I thought that the shape of the wheel was awesome. You know what I mean? Like they were very straight edge, and I still to this day I wear I ride Bones wheels and like. I get the ones that are super straight, you know, rather than like, I mean, I've ridden all different types, but like now that I get bones from those dudes, because yeah. they, they, they're homies. Like, what that's up, the Jared? Way. What up, Vern? What up, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Those dudes, Michael and Jared and Vern, all the dudes and Rob Washburn, all those yeah, guys. Rob, are what up, Rob? Hell yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but, so that's what I got. And believe it or not, it was such a small board that I had Indy 101s, which was like a freestyle truck. Damn, so you were really turning on a fucking point. You're like a little one, like, damn, you're turning Dude, yeah. Isn't yeah, you know, like the 110s or 101s, I can't remember. But um, it was all about grinds. Like, we would wax curbs up, but it wasn't even like we would jump on them. We would just roll down the street and be like... Yeah. Like, you know, like, Dude, you watch Tommy Guerrero in the in in, Bone, in Animal Chin, and they're like... And he would just come up on the, like... And he'd just be doing five O grinds, like... You know what I mean? Like, that was, like, what we wanted to do. Like, we were just emulating what we saw in videos on the streets and stuff. Like, I remember the first time I saw, like, someone do a grind or something like that. It didn't even have to be anything crazy. You're just like, holy shit. Like, you can grind and slide and, like, it just looks magical. You're like, I really want to try and learn that. Like, curves and just holding long grinds seems so cool. That seems like yeah. that's what you was into. Okay, so was, uh, we got the skateboard. We're hyped. What what uh? Okay, you want to hear about the ollie, dude? I'll tell I you do, about I ollie. Do. I do. Okay. I do. Okay, so 
um, there's a house, like a driveway, um, on the corner of our street. And then there was like a gap, like I'm talking a gap of maybe like a foot. Okay. <laughs> and then there was like, uh, um, that's a good gap. And then there, Don't sell yeah, yourself a, short. One, a flat gap, a flat gap of a foot. And then there was a, um, a sidewalk, you know, like their, their walkway up to their front door. Yeah. And so what we do is we come down the sidewalk, we'd cut into their driveway and then we would try and jump the gap. Like we were like, Oh, we want to get across that. But we weren't going straight. You know what we would do? 90. Yeah. We thought, I, I thought you had to go 90 to do an Ollie. Like, <laughs> dude, cause we're watching like Alan Gelfin or whatever the Ollie dude, he did it like on a transition first, oh, right? Oh, so it was like shifty, so, like, like. Yeah, so like he was turning like 180 <laughs> degrees. So we thought we had to do that, like, boom. Did like, you? That's, that's how we like were trying to, that's how at least I was trying to do Ollie's. I mean, I probably wasn't like, like, I, Whatever. I was just picking up whatever I could. Like, <clears throat> you know how rad skateboarding is, dude? It's like, oh, yeah. uh, it's, it's, I'm a, I'm a fan of skateboarding. Whatever, dude. I don't know. Like, it's and I so hate cool. to sound like, oh, I hate to sound conceited. Like, skateboarders are the best. But, so, skateboarding is so rad that, like, I went to the skate shop. I saw Sir Tramon Chan. I got my skateboard. I met people there. You know what I mean? And that became our home, away from home. Like, that became where we would go and we would meet up and we would skate. And then I remember, like, hanging out with some rad dudes growing up, and, like, that's where we learned, like, all these different tricks. We'd see these videos, or we, like, we would feed off of each other. And speaking about ollie, it started at a 90-degree ollie for me. You would just stop when you landed, because you're, you're not going forward now. You just, you just <laughs> made it over the gap. Like, cool. But, um, but then, like, we started going, like, and ollieing over boards and stuff. It would be like, no way. We learned how to ollie going straight, you know? Yeah. Learned how to ollie up a curb. Learned, and it wasn't even like, it was like, oh, can you Chinese ollie? Like, the front, pop off the front of the wheels, you know what I mean? On cracks. Like, I don't think we didn't that's... Even have, we didn't have nollies yet, dude. We were like, because we had no noses, dude. <laughs> we were like, this big noses, dude. It was so different in skateboarding, man. Like, um, but get this, there's like two generations prior to us. So I can't even imagine... Like what skateboarding, like what the founders and forefathers of skateboarding did, like, like they were just like in like cruising on the street, just having fun. Like it was just a feeling, you know. It's so rad. It's so rad that like what you just described. It's like I always like to ask people the same question to start out the podcast is how you found skateboarding because that is like that's the one thing that stays true through generations, whatever trends, all that bullshit. It's like. The one thing that stays true is like when someone finds skateboarding, gets introduced to the, to the tricks, to the world, to the culture, to the yeah. fun, to the power size, the, and in your case, 90 ollies. It was like what my homie that lived next door to us or down the street or whoever I was skating with at that time was like, oh, check this out. It's called an ollie. And it was like, that was and, and we would, and I was like, no way. Like we were doing it like 90 degrees. It was like, I don't know, dude. But hey, so back up to like early days in skateboarding and like I said, like, my cousins and my uncle kind of got me into it. Like, so I had a professional skateboarder uncle in the 70s. You did? 60s and 70s. Yeah. Wow. So my mom's, my mom's other brother, my mom happens to be the oldest of four. Dang. Her brother that's just younger than her was a professional skateboarder in the 60s. And when skateboarding died, you know, he went and did his thing, like, became a hippie or whatever. And then um, in the 70s, it came back and he, like, was just hopped on a skateboard again and like got a pro model and all this kind of stuff. Sick. And like, he lived like by me, he lived in my town and my mom didn't even think to like hit him up and be like, Oh, Hey, RP's into skateboarding. Like, <laughs> like link it up. Was, like, yeah. Like I was like, what? 
I have all of his trophies. Like I'm staring like in my office, I have like two of his massive trophies. I got his board with his old setup and stuff with like trackers. Like, hang on a second. That's sick. Yeah, I can see a trophy in the background there. Hang on. Oh yeah, you can barely see it. Yeah. Like here's his board right here. Wow, look at that thing. It's a Bob Moore bullet. See, he has his own graphic, dude. Damn, that's so sick. So it's pretty sick, dude. There's like these are Cadillac wheels. I've heard of them before. That's which tracker? Um, what's on the tail, RP? What the hell is that? That's a piece of wood, dude. But it's like a skid plate, but a tail, like a um, a piece of wood. What did they? Back when we started, we had these things called uh, um, skid plates, but like like Powell made them called like tailbones or whatever. Like it looks like it just is makes your tail thicker. Like they screwed it in to make the tail thicker. Yeah, but it was also supposed to protect your board too. Oh, okay, okay. But I bet if you take that off, you could probably get better pop and more like leverage, you know. Again, dude, we didn't know. We used to have rails oh, yeah. and stuff. Here, check this out. <laughs> oh, yeah, you guys weren't thinking about all these in kid flips. That's right. I keep forgetting. <laughs> Come on, dude. Hey, wait. Well, let's give a shout-out. What's that shirt? That's uh, Alfonso Oh, this is Everybody Skates. It's um, it's by uh, Alfonso Rawls. Yeah, that shit's awesome. The, the Morrissey Backsmith grind. So sick. Yeah, I'm wearing the, the Morrissey Backsmith. Hell, yeah. Alfonso kills it, dude. Yeah, Alfonso's sick, dude. Uh, my buddy Mirka and... um. His homie Harvey work with him too. Like Harvey's his partner, and then Mirko helps him out. So yeah, you know, Mirko is the man. I talk to Mirko a lot. Dude, okay, that's right. This right, look at three former world championships, dude. This is um. All right, hold on, hold on. So the people listening, because there's no video. What well, RP's holding up right now is this massive trophy. It's got two towers in the middle as a skateboarding like bronze skateboarder doing a manual. On the top is a cup with like two more skateboarders bronze oh. doing manis. Damn, that thing is legit. Hold it up a little more. I want to see the base. Yeah, and the base has got a little plaque. What's it say? Uh, this one says California Freeformer World Professional uh, Skateboard Championships. First place, men's freestyle, 924 and 25th, 1977. Long Beach Arena. Wow. You, Long Beach, to, you ever take an Instagram photo of that? You should post that. Nah, I'll send it. But hey, you want to see? Okay, so hang on really quick. Do I'll do this hey, I, I can keep my listeners entertained all day long. I can talk and talk and talk about Elwood and... Uh, <laughs> I met RP is the man, and holy shit, holy crap, <laughs> this trophy is like, that's like the Stanley Cup, that's like four feet tall, easily. Yeah, dude, it's gnarly, it's, um, what the this f- is, this is from the, what's it say here, um, 77 with Bob Moore, dude, it's like his world championship, dude. Dude, if I brought that home, my mom would have a heart attack, she would think I was like the president, I made it that big, she'd be like, holy cow. I don't think I even have a skateboarding trophy. Hey, you know what I'll do? I'll send you some footage later on. Please. Sorry, I'll send you some footage. And do you got anything of your ninety Ollie? I'll I'll check that. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any footage of me, but I'll send you just what he used to do, and then I'll send you um. Uh, yeah, that's it. I'll just send you some footage so you can see what his deal is. But all right, I want to I want to move forward right here. I want to get I want to get into like how you got into shooting photos and well, how'd you get into the skateboard industry? How do you go um, from a kid who's psyched who has a famous uncle to like, okay, I want to get involved in the industry side of things? Yeah, I don't even know how, how famous he really is. I don't know how good he was until like a few years back. Yeah, um, your mom never really told you. No, and he never said anything. So, but I'll tell you that we can talk offline about that, but. He's really um, humble. He's really humble. That's why. <laughs> yeah, and you know who, Bo Brown and, um, um, Reggie uh, Barnes from Eastern. Yeah. They fully, like, they were like, dude, 
you know who your uncle was? Your uncle was gnarly. And I had no idea. Wow. Like, it's like, yeah. and their peers were like, dude, your uncle was sick. And I was like, oh, whatever. <laughs> De- definitely some, um, some links, please. So, um, I got sponsored by the shop. Like, um, just, we used to just Ollie get, like, so we learned Ollie, right? Then we opened Ollie. Yeah. <laughs> Ollie and stuff. Like, once you got that straight. Yeah, yeah, like once he started going straight, yeah. Um, but I just started skating for the shop, like doing all that kind of stuff. And then, um, you do when you get older, you're like, oh, I need to get a job. Like, so I was like, oh, well, I could go work here, like at the grocery store, or like, man, I'd rather go work at the skate shop. Yeah. So the shop that I watched the animal chin in became our skate shop. Sick. And it was Street Life, and that's the that was the shop I skated for, Street Life, and it was um, Street Lab, Street Life, Street Life, okay, like, like life on the streets, son. I like it. Um, and so what we like, I just got, ended up skating for him, and then eventually it was like, hey man, can I like, do you guys have any openings? Like, ended up working there, um, like in the nineties, and, and skateboarding just died. Skateboarding just took a dive. Why? Then, Why do you think that happened? I'm always really curious because I am always curious on why it died and how it came back. Why do you think it died in the 90s? Or when you described, not that, was it the 90s? It was, yeah, it was early 90s. So what happened was, I, I think, um, that if people got other interests, like rollerblading started, like literally, I think rollerblading became huge that time period. Um, God. And it just, you know what I mean? You know, like, it's just like, if people, like, it, it becomes cool and, and people get into it. People just were not into it. Like, it, I mean, there was a group of people. Don't get me wrong. That that stayed, you know, strong and and kept it going. But um, yeah, we we had a, a massive downturn in the '90s. Um, but I ended up, you know, working for that shop and managing it until the very end, when the owner was like, "Dude, I remember we'd have like zero dollar days. Like, you would sit there and like not make a sale all day. Damn. And like, you can't obviously you ask JV. He could tell you right now. Like, you can't do that. Like, yeah, you just can't yeah. do it." long you know business, business needs to make money to stay in business <laughs> right right <clears throat> you know and then you also had the core group of dudes that were still skating and believe me we had a sick group in encinitas and you know you're hooking all your friends up like oh yeah you get your you get the shop discount because you're on the team whatever like you're just not going to make money you know after a while yeah uh, so so from there uh i ended up like going parlaying that into a job with with vans Wow. Uh, I mean, dude, what, I'm talking like Chris Markovich used to skate for the shop. Um, Damn. you know, Jamie, Jamie Thomas at one point like came to me and was like, I want to ride for the, the shop. You know what I mean? Like, um, so like we're talking like legit dude. So I knew, and I'm not trying to like, I just, it was luck. I lived in the right first area. Thing, right? First thing that someone would say if I was like, do you know RP? They'd be like, yeah, he's a fucking name dropper. All he did and all he does. <laughs> The Muska, Gons, Jamie Thomas. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just trying to give you a friend reference. I'm really sorry. Like I, I hate I'm to totally just kidding. I'm totally kidding. They would. But, say, um, oh, he's awesome. It, that's sick that those dudes were involved. That's awesome. They wanted to ride for the like, shot. That's sick. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um. So from there, like I knew. So what I'm trying to say is, like I knew a handful of people just from being in this general area. Hell yeah. Um. And I just was able to to use that to my advantage to get a job at Vans. Like I heard. That this guy Joel Patterson had left as the TM. My buddies were like, "You should try and get that job." So I'm still in high school at this point. I'm a senior, and I'm like, "Okay, what am I going to do after school? Uh, like at, when I graduate?" And I'm interviewing at Vans, trying to get this TM job. 
Damn. Uh, interview with Steve Van Dorn. So if anybody knows who that is, like that's the godfather of Vans. He's um he's actually the founder's son, but um like he's the rad dude. Like, are you nervous? Uh, no, I don't know. I didn't. I mean, here's the deal. I didn't know who Steve was. Yeah, but Obviously, just going to Vans and trying to get a job from a skate shop like um seems a little nerve wracking. I don't know. I think I was a little cocky. Who knows? Like, <laughs> I, hey, got you a job. <laughs> again, and, and that goes to, like, I think I, I was really psyched um, and really stoked that this dude, Kim Boyle, who was the snowboard team manager, interviewed me as well and was like, I guess he was probably like, I could see myself working with this guy rather than whoever else had interviewed, you know? Yeah. Um, I thought you were so, a nice guy. Props to um, Kim Boyle and Boyle, Boyle Custom Moto. Like, he's got his own motorcycle shop now. Or... Um, Wait, what does he do? What is Builds it? motorcycles. Oh, cool, cool. Motorbikes, you know, motorcycles. Those things are badass. Good for He's, him. Yeah, you probably know a little bit about that, you know, with your history. Yeah, I know a little bit about motorcycles. I like them, but uh, I don't know anything about the mechanics of them, but I just know my father had a couple of Harleys uh, at one point, and then he didn't have them again, and then he had them. It, he, uh, things are so cool. I got a ride on him when, as a little kid. Chirpy. But anyways, so we're at Vans. Yeah, so I got a job at Vans. You How'd that go? Skate team manager. How did it go? It was insane, dude. Okay, graduate four days later. I have a weekend, right? Start that Monday. I graduated on a Thursday, started on a Monday, dude. Sick. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just here. Like, I'm, I, I knew, I knew a bunch of dudes, right? Like, I knew all these guys, like, um, and I learned, I, I got to know a lot more. I didn't know, I mean, I got to meet Cab and Solomon and, you know, those are the dudes with the shoes at the time. And we also had Rick Howard and, Wade Spire, Damn. and Carol. Oh, Rob Deerdick. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well. like that was like some gnarly dudes. You know what I mean? Yeah, all all big names, all big dudes I knew and watched growing up skating. Yeah. Um, and then, dude, but I had a roster of like two hundred dudes that would call and get shoes every month. Wow, holy um, shit! <laughs> but think about it. Back then, it was it was Vans. Airwalk was kind of on its way out. Like Airwalk was like making all the wrong decisions at that point. They were making uh, shoes that looked like donuts. Yes, and um, but they still had Tony and Jason Lee and Steve Barra. You know what I mean? Like they had a good squad. Yeah, it's just they were trying to figure their 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 self out at the time. Um, so it was us, and it was it was Airwalk, and then Etnies was like Etnies had just come in the scene, and they were really small still. Um, uh, but Don Brown was holding it down over there. Yeah, Don so. Etnies. I used to love Etnies. I loved all of Soltech, Etnies America. Uh, S, all that stuff is so good. Don's the man. What up, Don? So we're just saying, I mean, it was like early, early days, you know, um, of, of skate footwear. And I remember Kim, the guy that hired me, Kim Boyle is his name. Like he, um, he was good friends with Ken Block, you know, from, from, well, from drawers at the time. Yeah. And so Rob Deere, Ken Block, right? Yeah, yeah. We had heard some rumblings like that, um, Drawers were gonna, they were gonna start Ken and Damon, like Danny's brother, Danny Way's brother, Ken, uh, Damon and Ken Block were gonna start some shoe business. And like, I remember I got a call from Deerdick and he was like, yo, I'm gonna quit. And I was like, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna leave to go ride for, for like Ken and Damon's company. And he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and so like, that's, bef- that was like when DC started. Like, so you're saying like, there wasn't much going on. Like, there was a couple of brands and that was it, you know, like, um, so I had like a ton of people that were calling to get shoes, like. Well, that worked. From, that worked out for Rob Deerdick, though. 
in the long run. Oh, oh yeah, dude. Like, it's a great move for him. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but that's cool, man. So, um, so what exactly was your title there? What was it again? Skate team manager. Oh, sick. Team manager. So you just manage that and vans and where, where's that go to? How do you end up switching up from vans? <clears throat> Um, well, actually, it's an it, interesting story. Is um, I left Vans two years later uh, to go on a Mormon mission because I'm Mormon. Yeah. So I don't know if I told you, like, I left um, to go on a mission for two years, and um, so like I get to where they call the it's called the Missionary Training Center, and I get there. It's in Provo, Utah, and um, and like it was complete culture shock, dude. I'm traveling the world, right? like staying in hotels and like hanging out with all these pros, like, and then I go to like, Oh, Hey, here's the deal. Like, here's your schedule for the day. You wake up, you, you know, you've got some study time, you go to class, you eat, you go to class, you eat. I'm like, dude, it was like culture shock. I, I how like do you. How do you go from doing that with skateboarding to doing the Mormon thing? Like is cause you're always Mormon, like your family's Mormon. Yeah, yeah. So is that uh-huh. something that you have to do if you're a Mormon or like, how do you give up? traveling the world skateboarding and with these dudes to do that like dude that's a question to ask me to ask eric bork i don't know if you know who eric bork is um i only ask, eric, I'm, I'm open-minded i have no pre no 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 no, no. I, i'm just trying to tell you like eric left as a professional skateboarder gave up his whole career and left um how does that happen like i mean is that normal you know, in mormonism is that normal like yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you have to do that like everyone so no you don't have to um and the deal is is like it's it's highly encouraged, you know, yeah. and and I, I was expecting to do it. You know what I mean? I took a little bit longer to do it, you know, than than most because um, I worked for Vans for two years. So I was like 20. I was 20. And then I was like, whoa, like, uh, I'm just not ready for this thing. So I, I, I came home from like the training center. <clears throat> I don't usually tell a ton of people this, but I'm obviously telling the world now. Well, I'm um, excited you're sharing because it's your story so, in life and I like to hear that. Yeah, you asked how I went. So I left because I was going on this Mormon mission. Yeah. And um and so I, I left, I came home, um, and I was like, dude, I'm not ready for this. Uh I actually got a job doing international sales for Tree Fort Skateboards, which was um the precursor to oh Vinny, dude. Vinny um Ponte. Yeah. Ponte, um Danny, Danny Supa. Supa. Yeah, I used to sell their boards. Dude. I used to have tree forts. I skated them. I was a little kid okay. watching tree I, I probably have a business card. I keep like my business cards. I probably have one that says, like, international sales. Put that on Instagram. Take a picture yeah, of that business card. I was only there for, like, a couple months. Don't matter. And then, and the guys at, at Planet Earth and, World, and Rhythm were like, dude, RP is around. Like, we should hire. So I went and worked for those guys for a whole year. I worked for them for, a little, like, a year or so. Okay. Um, managed the Rhythm team, the Planet Earth team, the so Snow so. team. Was with, like, guys like Dave Lee. Um and stuff like that, and Blaze Rosenthal. They were on the, the snow team. Was Danny Montoya but, involved with rhythm and all that? Oh, uh, Danny Montoya was an am on the rhythm team at the time. Hell yeah. What up, Danny? Um, Ryan Kenner? Was he no. on rhythm? No, no he wasn't. Dark, he was on Dark rhythm. Star. Dark Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was like Jeff Taylor, um, Sick. Jerry, Jerry Fowler, Shani, Shani Jenguinen, uh, I tried to pronounce that correctly. <laughs> no, I, like his name is Jogana, but he never ever tells people. It's like, and I probably butchered it. I'm sorry, Shani. It's like, <laughs> but Gene, Gene Gwinnon is like how he says tells Americans to say it. Um, uh, Felix Arguez, and then there was a couple AMs like Danny who became pro shortly after. Like, um, 
so then there's Planet Earth dudes like like um. What did you do there? What was your job title? I was team manager for all that stuff. Sick. So, um, yeah, I managed the team with like some rad dudes. Like there's a lot of dudes. I remember being like 15 or 16 deep in a 15 passenger van, dude, driving to like Slam City Jam. Dude, everyone you named is like dudes I grew up watching skate, <laughs> like big fans of everyone you Kenny, named. Kenny Anderson was on the team, Woo! dude. We had we had Joey Bast who now has yep. like a shoe on Adidas again, like and Richard Angelides, like dude, congrats to those guys. Yeah, that was cool that they um, did that. I saw that. It was all homies, dude. They were we were all homies. We we're all skating like together, hanging out. Like, um, I was there trying to make sure that they got what they needed, and and you know it was really kind of still early on, like trying to get them coverage where I could. But oh, I worked with Ty Evans there, dude. Worked on a couple of video projects with Ty, dude. Sick. So, um, were you yeah, shooting dude. photos? Not yet. I was shooting some stills, but I wasn't doing anything yet. <clears throat> I had um. I had a little Canon, uh, like, not point shoot, but a Canon DSLR, like, <clears throat> obviously film camera. <clears throat> Sorry, man, excuse me. Um, no worries. And, and, um, and, you know, it's funny, like, dudes would give me film, like, Ativa, and those dudes would be, oh, yeah, and they'd give me tips, like, oh, hey, man, like, okay, push this to 3200, or, or pull it to, it was, like, rad, like, they were totally giving me tips, dude, like. That's it. Um, and this is, like, early days, like, Ativa just moved out from Colorado, like, an Aco, like, um, and again, I'm, and I hear I'm name dropping, but I just, dude, it's like, this is like what happened. Like, no, that's you know, awesome. They, that's awesome. I, I want to get to, I, I'm hyped that we're talking about this, but I really want to know what goes on on the Mormon mission. I want okay. to get So after a year, I'm like, okay, <clears throat> I'm going to do this again. I matured a little bit more. I'm going to try this out. Go into Chris Miller's office and go, Hey dude, Chris, I'm going to do this Mormon mission thing. I'm going to give it a shot. And he's like, are you sure that's what you want to do? Like are you. You ready? And I'm like, yeah, dude, I think I'm going to try it out, dude, whatever. Um, and he's like, okay, well, dude, call me, you know, like, good luck. I want you to do the best you can. Like, we're really stoked that, that you were able to work here. And like, call me when you get home. So I was like, rad. Dude, I left on great terms with those guys. And, and I have to say that Chris Miller is one of the best dudes in the world. Legendary. Um, yes. And, I mean, dude, I've, that's one thing in skateboarding I've met is like a bunch of rad dudes amazing people Hell yeah. um like that's we have a huge community that is amazing um so i go on my mission to albuquerque new mexico i get i get through there right and i get into my mission and like so like dude you have a schedule that you're supposed to keep you know like they don't want you just being out there like just like doing nothing all day long you know what i mean because you could you could do nothing yeah um and you still could but they're like hey here's a schedule <clears throat> we want you to get up and we like at a certain time we want you to do studying and 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 talk with your your companion and like and do like training and learning and all that kind of stuff like and then we want you to go out and start talking to people and like well one helping people out like you know do x amount of hours of service like in the community and with people and like man i learned how to chop wood i, I grew up in suburbia never chop i'm out on the reservation now dude i'm on indian reservation yeah. Like riding a bike, like walking around, like in the snow, dude. I, dude, I'm in Southern California. Like, I, I don't, I, I never, like, I'd go out snowboarding, but like, I never lived in it all and stuff, you know. Like, did you go scrape, to like, did you go to the windshields, rough? dude? I never had to scrape windshields. What are you <laughs> talking about, dude? Did you go to like rough areas in New Mexico? Yeah, I had a little bit of that too, but like, it's a lot of it's Indian reservations, you know. So yeah. like, we would go and knock on doors, or we'd deliver like Bibles or Books of Mormon, or like, um. Whatever, like people would see commercials and they call and they want that stuff, so we'd go and deliver it and talk to them. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, man, it was, it was good. It was awesome. Like meeting with people and talking to them about like Jesus and like, you know, what he's done for us and like, and, and really salvation and, and how to obtain it and stuff like that. Cause I'm, I totally believe in all that. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's, um, that's what you would do. You know, we would help out. I remember on my first area, we would go, um, to Head Start and we'd help out in like the, the, what is it? Um, preschool, you know, me and my companion. So you're there with, you're there with another missionary. So it's like two dudes at all times. And a lot of that is because, you know, like you want someone to watch your back in case like someone accuses you of something. Yeah. And like you, know, you go two and two, like to go out and testify and stuff. So. We were talking um, about heavy concepts and heavy stuff, so I imagine some people might not want to talk about it either, you know? Oh, yeah, and you don't talk to everybody, and some people, you know, they're like, uh, go try, like, eat it, you know, whatever. Like, you don't force uh, it down on them, you're just like, eh. Oh, no, 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 I don't think I've ever forced it down on you either, you know? Never. Like, I wouldn't even know if I didn't ask or you didn't tell me. Uh, <laughs> I've never, so, like, I've never, like, when I think of you, like, I... I don't think of a Mormon, not to say that in a bad way or whatever, but when I think of Mormons, I just think of like people on back on bikes with backpacks. That's all I really think. I don't know much about it, but uh, when I think of you, I just think of RP, awesome skateboard. I call, dude. I call them the dudes, the guys in ties, dude. Yeah, the guys in ties. Yeah, perfect. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, man. I mean, I, I, you, you, you stay with a companion. You get switched up every so often. So <clears throat> you, you know, um. Go to different areas. So I got to see some awesome landscapes in different areas. I got to meet amazing people again, um, both companions as well as other missionaries, and then also like people that you just come in contact with. So, so was it? I've so been I've been in some hoods too. You know what I mean? Like in hindsight, how do you feel about the decision you made to go do that, leaving your oh, situation? Dude, you know Let me back up because I'm sitting here working for Planet Earth and I'm going to church. Right? I'm I'm still Mormon, you know, and, I, and I, so I was going to church. Um, and my buddy, my, my really good friend, he comes home from Uruguay. He went on his mission to Uruguay and he's a surfer. And so like he comes home and I, this is one thing that stuck out in my head. Like, and I remember to this day, he comes home and in his like homecoming address, he gets up and speaks to the congregation and he's just talking and he said, you know what? I went for two years and served the Lord. And he goes, I went down to the beach to D street, like our local break that, you know, he and his homies would always hang out at. And he goes, I look at the things that I did and the stuff that I've learned and what I've done over the last two years. And then I went and I saw my buddies at D Street doing the same exact thing that they were doing two years ago. And he was just like, I, you know, because here I am going like, dude, I don't want to miss like everything that's going on in skateboarding and, and in the business and this and that. But when my buddy told me that, I thought about it. I was like, oh, no way. Like the dudes are still just doing the exact same thing down at D Street, like. You know, like they never got out of their environment. It was like, yeah, yeah, town like, east. Why don't I go do something? You know what I mean? Like, you know, and 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 do this. You know, and so I, that's one thing that really made me think about and go, okay, I think I'm gonna do this. I'm not think, okay, I'm I'm sticking to it this time. You know, like yeah. Um, and so it was rad, man. Like I, I have to say, like I learned a ton. Um, life skills, dude. You, I mean, I didn't get. I, I had to live off of like 130 bucks, I think, a month, dude. Like, damn. Um, you know, um. I rolled through the hood, dude. I was like saved a ton of times because I had this name tag on my chest. I was the guys in ties and I was a man of God. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you, you, you the hood, even, they respect yeah. even like, yeah, you're going to watch out. Like, yo, yo, yeah, we're not going to like, like, dude, like it's, I'm the hood, like, we've the, the, hoods I grew, the hoods I grew up in, there's a lot, there's a lot of angry, um, depressed alcoholic drug addicts people that were kids having kids like it wasn't like 
I don't know. It wasn't a happy hood. So people show up preaching God and stuff when you're in, in your, when you're in the midst of he- hell. Sometimes you just don't want but to fucking hear. You're also but trying yeah. to help too, right? Like you're trying to help them and show them like that there's something that they can look to, a higher power that they can look to and help and get help from. But they still respect. They're not going to go and like, you know, like I mean, I guess I guess I was blessed too because I didn't ever encounter it. But like, yeah, I guess they could have pulled a gun or a knife or whatever. But, um, you know, I mean, I think for the most part, like there's respect for like people that you know, are, are of the cloth, if you will, you know, like yeah. in, in those areas. So I guess I was, I was watched over and protected. So, it's, um, it's, yeah, dude, I mean, I don't know what else, do, I mean, do you have any questions about it? Dude, it, um, was, it was, no, no, I think, I think you summed it up. It's, it kind of explains that you went off and you got life experience, you know, a lot of people grow up, a lot of skateboarders, pro skateboarders grow up and, you know, everything's kind of just, they turn pro and they're off touring and they never have any life experience. They don't know how to hold down a job. They make a bunch of money and lose it. Like how many times have we heard that story? So I was just curious, like, you know, I mean, first of all, I know nothing about Mormonism, but it, but I mean, that's fine, you know. But uh, I was, I'm really just curious as the two years and and what you gained from it. And it sounds like you gained how to get some life skills, how to talk to different people, different perspectives. Like, uh, it sounds it sounds like it was fruitful and in, in its in your adventure, you know. Yeah, I would never give it up again. Like I, I learned so much. So I have two boys right now. Yeah. I'm totally encouraging them to go and to do it. Um. If anything, it's an opportunity for you to give back to to God who has given you everything. You know, I, that's my belief. And, and like and so it's an opportunity to give back to him. You know what I mean? And to give back to others like I'm a believer in, in, in helping out others, you know, so that's a rad thing to be a believer in. I like it. All right. So we go from two years doing this, gaining this life perspective and you and you come off your mission. Where do we- who am I going to call? Dude? Who am I going to call? OK, Chris Miller, dude. Damn, sick. He called. I was like, hey, dude. No, I was like, hey, I'm home, dude. Like, and he's like, it literally was like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, well, uh, I, you know, I'd like to, you know, work in the marketing and promotions department again, you know? And he's like, and at that time, actually, before I left, we had just started Mercury Trucks. And I don't know if anybody even knows what that is, but like, I used to skate them. <laughs> that was yeah, well, Hurricane, too. Remember Hurricane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I started Mercury with, with Chris Miller. Like, um, it was really his, he was like, let's do a truck company. So like I started meeting with people to, to, to develop it and make it. Um, Mirko says he remembers me like walking around the office, sanding this base plate, trying to come up <laughs> with the shape, you know, cause we had Bondo, like, you know, we were like making the shape and the, you know, I thought we were going to be like on a computer, like, okay, like let's make this like CAD drawing of like the base plate and the hanger. And I went and I was like, are you kidding me? Like we're drilling and <laughs> and shaping it with like Bondo and like how do we make it symmetrical? They're like, was here's so elementary. See what you here's some Play-Doh. See what you can do. <laughs> so um, so okay, so that was before, but then uh, and I got the whole team together with Kenny Anderson, Shani, and Jamie Thomas, and like that was the three original dudes. See. Um, no, no, I'm sorry, no, Kenny wasn't one of the three. It was Kane Gale, Kane, Shani, and Jamie Thomas. And the reason being is we kind of wanted to reach out from outside of of the planet earth and rhythm umbrella, even though Shani was on rhythm. Yeah. It brings um, different people into the mix. Yeah. Into the fold, into the house. And from there they started audio. So when I got back, audio had just started. Um, so I was working on planet earth and rhythm. Jeff Taylor was now in there managing all marketing, uh, on the audio side and like overseeing planet earth and rhythm. So I worked with him. Um, so it was rad. I worked with him for a while. Um, and, then my buddy Rob Dotson, who is now at Osiris, um, he hit me up and was like, "Hey, we got this thing at Duff's. Like, why don't you come over here?" 
and work for us. And so I ended up going over there and working for Duff's for man a long time, eight years. Were you team manager again or brand? What were you? Doing? I, I started it. I started as the team manager, but I think, and I don't know. I'd have to ask Rob, but I never did. But so I started in March, and Rob was gone by June. Like he left, and like went went to work on um, this project called Genetic. With, that was like an airwalk project, like with Bucky Lassick. And, I remember it. I remember it. Yeah, so like I think he kind of hired me to like kind of come in and fill his shoes because I think he was kind of already like on his way out. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so I ended up starting as team manager, moving into the director of marketing position. And then by the time I left, I was running their West Coast marketing design office as their VP of, of marketing um, and reported to the president who was like, excuse me, who was in Ohio. Damn. So he didn't want to move. He would come out to the the office every month for like a you know a week or or so. And um and so yeah, I ended up working for Duff's for eight years. And I mean, again, worked with amazing people like Matt Hensley, uh, Ragdoll, uh, Lizard. I dude, that's where I met Lizard King. No shit, Liz. You met the Lizard. Yeah. Oh yeah, like I dude, I have photos of my first from from the okay. So I started shooting photos. Really kind of started shooting photos at, um, at, uh, Duff's. And the reason being, well, I picked up a camera and started filming because I, that was my responsibilities, um, when, cause Ricky the filmer left. Ricky Beanball, the dude. The dude. He was with He left. And so I took over his, or I tried to. I can't even say I took over his, I tried to. But, um, I still wanted to shoot still photos and like, um, and you know who, who kind of like, Show me that that's what I should have been doing was Jeff Taylor. Cause when he was at audio, when with him at audio, he was shooting photos too. And I was like, I want to do that, you know? Hell yeah. Um, so I kind of try to step my game up as I filmed. I would also, then I got a, a film camera. I mean, a video of a regular film camera, still camera. And so I was shooting photos. Um, and you know, it just became part of what I was doing, but I have photos of Lizard King. The first time I met him was at a demo. Like uh, it was a San Diego demo and I met him. Um, James Atkin brought him down. He's like, oh yeah, this is lizard. Like he he lives in our closet or whatever, or under our table or whatever. Like <laughs> that's where lizards live. <laughs> yeah, and I and I like met him and like we you know started hooking up, flowing him stuff. Oh, I met Mikey Taylor at Duff's. Damn. Hey, was Louis Barletta? Did Louis Barletta get Duff's at one point? Yeah, that was later on. But yeah, dude. So I've worked with so many rad dudes. Like at I mean people like Duff's do that. I mean they either love it or hate it. Um, but dude, from Jason Adams. Ragdoll, James Atkin, Mikey Taylor, um, dude, Louis Barletta, um, so cool. the, I don't know who else, um, Adam Alfaro, like, dude, there's so many people that came through the, the Nuge. You're like in uh, Mecca, that's why. You're like right in the, you're right in the, sh- the thick of it, where you, yeah. where you were, dude, that's why. Cause we don't have that out here, like we're starting to, you know, you can name in my New England area, you know what I mean? I guess New York had a big thing, but you're in the Mecca. So how do we go from, where do we go from Duff's? So then after eight years, um, eight years at Duff's. Yeah. Eight years, dude. Jeez, I, um, I didn't know they had that long. That's sick. No, they were there longer than that. I just came in kind of like for the last eight years, but, um, so then they were getting ready to sell the company and, um, Oh, Stacy Lowry. How dude, dude, there's so many dudes that I, I hung out with Stacy and I'm sorry if I forget anybody that hears this and dude, there's so many dudes at Duff's like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Like Stacy's legendary. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Stacy, I brought Stacy in. Uh, to do to do creative and design at the very end of my time there, um, and I remember I went to the owners. They were Canadians, and I you know What's I met with them at a trade show. What's that all about? about? 
Yeah. Beaut. I used to have to, they're French Canadian too. Nothing, no disrespect to them. I just, you know, Me. that's what they were. Um, I like Canadians. I had one on, I had Jordan Hoffart on my show. No, dude. And I, I listened to it. I think I'm going to ask Ryan DeCenzo too. I'm a big fan of Canadians. Chris Heislam too. I think he'd be a fun one to have on. What are some other, TJ Rogers? He's a Canadian. There's what a ton of them. They have Rick a lot Howard. of good skateboarders. Rick Howard's Canadian, dude. Rick Howard. Rick, Rick um, Crank. Rick McCrank. Dude, there's a million of Yep. Moses. Remember Moses at Conan? For oh, oh, I remember Moses at Duff's, dude. Oh, you did? That's right. I remember he was at Duff's. So, so, yeah, dude, there's a million people like that I worked with over the years at Duff's. But, um, so I, basically, I asked the owners. I was like, are you going to sell this thing? And they're like, no. And I knew that they were already in discussions to sell it. Yeah. So that's when I was like, oh, I'm going to bounce because – if they're not going to be honest with me and tell me, and so I just was like, okay, um, time to move on. And and then in comes World Industries, dude. Like the the you know Big John. Um, what were this? What was the state of World Industries at this time when you came in? So they had just acquired it from Dwindle. Okay. Uh, John, the six foot eight John, you know. Um, yep. He um John Dickinson's his name. Uh, just actually spoke to John yesterday. Great catching up with him. Um. The, uh, what happened? So they had just bought it from Dwindle. His company, he just, well, he didn't just form it. He had licensed the footwear for, you know, three years, I think, prior to that. Uh, ended up buying the whole brand from Dwindle in, in, and right at the beginning of 08, he took control of the whole thing, like, like board production, fulfillment, all that kind of stuff. So he needed to hire a, a director of marketing. And I guess, he had already had someone that he had let go because the guy like didn't work out. Um, got my resume, was I guess he was hyped on it and brought me in. And so that was like beginning of, of 2008, around the you know first quarter, March or so, 2008 started there uh, with where... a lot of a lot of like oh man, I have the ultimate plan for this thing. It's to to get back to the roots, to get like I wanted to ultimately get like Kareem Campbell. Uh, on the program and like be like, dude, cream, figurehead, and build a team from there. Like we had a, sm- you know, we had some a small team of of some decent dudes, you know. But like I wanted to get like grow. Um, you wanted to bring but- it back the original. That's like kind of how I got enticed when you guys talked to me. Was you, your thing was like, hey, we want to support you. We want to get back to like raw street skating. We want to get back to like what world was the essence of like skateboarder, skateboarder, you know. And that's where I was like. Fuck, this sounds awesome. And I grew up liking World Industries. Kareem Campbell is one of my favorites, you know, and just that whole, every video they put out was so sick. And um, that's where our paths cross that world, man. And uh, yeah, so, so you and you lived it. You know the effort that I put in trying yeah. to make this happen. Um, and you know, you never know when you're when you're an outsider looking in, going, okay, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to do this for these guys. And when you get in there and you realize that, like, that's not, you don't share the same vision as the other people. Yeah. That own the company or that manage the company. So you're like, okay. Um, and then you got resistance. That's what happens. I, the way I sum up the whole world thing is that it, it's a business decision at the end of the day because the people that own it aren't really skateboarders. So it's not, I wouldn't be mad at them. They're, it's like if I owned a scooter company. You know what I mean? And it was making me yep. money. Yep. If I acquired a scooter company, it was like Shetler Scooters, <laughs> which I never would do. But uh, if I did, and then scooters started tanking and not making me money, I'm not going to keep my scooter brand if my heart's not invested. So I totally get that. But we had a good run. Like what I really like about uh, the world was like you acquired some epic people to be involved. Like you had Charlie Thomas as the team manager. You had Andy yeah. Cannon that rode for it and had his heart invested in the brand as well. Uh, Mike Franklin, Chris Ortiz. 
um, Timmy Knuth, where like you know Derek Fukuhara, like the list goes on. Men and all, like we had, we like acquired a lot of. Ep- Dude, we had a, such a solid yeah. crew, so epic. Um, Billy Davenport, like we had a lot of dudes. Yeah, like, Davenport. Um, think about how much fun we had, dude. Like, we were really trying to make it happen. And I look back and go, man, we didn't make it happen, but we had a lot of fun trying. It wasn't even our fault. And like, if you look, at, like looking on the wall in the background, I still have all my boards up. Like, I'm so proud of every single board. It's just the signs of the time. Like, things happen. Like, the the economy changed, and big brands that aren't skater own, like they just, you know, if your heart's not involved, it's going to be hard to compete with someone like, say, myself, all I need who's going to be relentless and talk about the heartbeat of skateboarding. So for a brand that's like already had an iffy pass because of Flameboy with Willie and, you know, not skater own, they're going to have a hard time surviving in this new new uh, economy where, you know, I can do a podcast and I can talk about skating where they can't really, you know. But it was just transitioning. World's not the only brand, you know. There was a lot of other brands that you went. see my down. wife, dude? Yeah, I said I was waving. <laughs> oh, you were? <laughs> hey, You're um, on the, you made the podcast. To, wants, a, wants a side view because he wants to see the baby. Uh, she's like, that's a little scary. I'm pregnant. My wife's pregnant. He didn't know that. You just said you were pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, RP. When are you due? <laughs> uh, I'm not due. Wow, that's awesome. I, guess, I didn't know you, uh, you didn't know that. So. I had no idea. That's awesome. Congrats. Wow. There you go, dude. You're about to pop. She is. She is. Are you playing a prank I... on me? Is that a No, 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 no. That's for real. That's real. That's real. <laughs> We're having a kid in uh, like less than a month. Wow. Congratulations. Oh, oh, that's so cool. Dude. Third number three. Yeah, I'm Mormon, dude. Come on, bro. Boy or girl? Uh, we don't know. We don't know. Well, uh, it's, it's, uh, breaking news on the Shetler show. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'll let you know. But by the time it comes out, I'll let you know. That's um, so awesome. Congratulations, seriously. That's 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 yeah. so epic. Ramsey just went through it too, man. You got to tell him or he'll. I know. I've, I've been seeing it, dude. Like he's like dad of the year right now. Crushing it, crushing it, man. Um, so yeah, I just want to talk about some of the highlights on World, like. Yeah. Um, how'd you get Charlie involved? Um, luck and timing, dude. It's all about timing, dude. Yeah. So, they they had me running the team and doing marketing, and I was just like, dude, I I can't, I don't have time for all this. I can't be going on all these trips and, like, organize all this stuff, and then also working with these major retailers that you were working with. So, I, um, was like, dude, a real company would have a team manager. So, we got Charlie involved. Um, he was, he was, um... What was he? He was at Given, I think it was. And, Mark and, Mitch. yeah, was it Given, I think, at the end? And so, like, he ended up, um, just wanted to looking around and, and I was like, dude, let's do this. So he came over. I think that's about the time we started talking with you. Yeah. You know, the, 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 um, Zoo York video just dropped. Um, what was it? Zoo York State of Mind? Was it? State of Mind. State of Mind. Um, amazing video. You had a great part. Um, oh, and we were just like, and we were actually talking to Seamus. Yeah, like, Seamus. What up, Seamus? And, and uh another good dude in skateboarding, man. Um uh and, and it was like and he was kinda like, Yeah, look, dude, like I know Angie Anthony's not gonna be hyped because Chaz is gonna go pro and we're like, dude, well we wanna swoop on him like okay. you know, we were like just like trying to hear like about the team and stuff and like just doing that dark man investigative stuff you know, <laughs> that you, you got to do and, and then that's when we started hitting you up, you know, and like yeah, um, when I got the call, I talk about it on my other podcast. When you guys called me and were like, that was the time when I didn't know what was going on with Zoo. You know, they had already said they were going to turn me pro. And then, you know, it just kind of lingered on. They actually said it in a magazine. Like, uh, there was print that was like, yeah, our next pro. And then it just lingered on and lingered on. And, uh, 
then you guys and, call it. I mean, it could have been out of like, you know, certain dudes' hands that were like, yeah, we're going to turn a pro. And then it was like, yeah, I mean, once again, decision, once again, you know, like, not, once again, a brand that's not skater owned. So it doesn't offend me at all. Like, I know, like, uh, the amount of work I put in. So I was like, it was a big goal of mine to go pro, you know? Like, I was like, I, I don't know. I just put my whole heart into skateboarding. And to me, I always wanted to have a graphic with my name on it. And like, that seemed like such a cool thing to have. All the people I looked up to and like, I had dedicated my whole life to skateboarding, you know? And like, I don't know, that's like one of those achievements. And, uh, when you guys hit me up and you're like, look, like, we want to turn you pro and start building a team. To me, I was like, this is awesome. Like, that's awesome. I got to be a part of something new with skateboarders. You guys were skateboarders and Andrew Cannon and Charlie and you and like, you guys were just excited about it, and I was super excited, too, because you guys are going to make my dream come true, which you did. I got a shoe, and I got the boards. I have so many boards. Like, You know what's one. crazy? Like, if you think about it, dude, like, you you were pro for World Industries. I mean, dude, World Industries, at its peak, was a pretty gnarly brand, dude. Like, yeah. I mean, we may not have been there at its peak peak, but, like, we tried our hardest to make another peak for it. I think we made a peak. It was a small one. But we did, you know, like, dude, to me, to me, it was just like, I didn't even care about that. Cause I know, I know like my, anything I do, my heart's invested. Like, I don't really care about what's cool and what's not cool. I just want to get down with people that have their hearts invested in the things they're doing. And I know my level of skating and I know how much effort I apply. So if you guys were like, let's do this, let's try to make something. I'm all about creating and building and that stuff gets me really excited and that's what you guys wanted to do. I didn't care that the brand was tarnished. I understood like business wise, it's like, yeah, this is going to be a rough road because it's like, you know, Flame Boy, Wet Willy, World wasn't the coolest looking brand. But to me, I just see silver linings and opportunities and you guys appreciated my skating and that means a lot to me because I try really fucking hard with my skating, you know, like I... Not even that I try anymore. I just love skating so fucking much. Like, I'm going to go skate after this. Like, <laughs> it's my love. Like, I can't help but skate. Like, I've it saved my fucking life. So to have you guys be like, let's do this, I'm like, fuck. Now I'm, like, in a position where I can, like, make change and we can do cool stuff and I get to travel. Like, I don't care about any of that immature shit to me. Like, I, I know, I, I think having good people that believe in you and want to do cool stuff. Let's fucking go, you know? Like, let's yep. do it. And we did. We did a lot of cool stuff. We shook it up. Like, we tried stuff that, like, we were just trying stuff to switch it up. You know what I mean? Like, it was exciting. It was very, really fun. We were trying to really get rid of the stigmata that World had and let them show. We were trying to show them that we had rad people that were diverse and all different types of skaters. And, like, yep. you did a great job. I think it was amazing. The sad part, <laughs> the sad part is the, the industry's crashing. <laughs> And these big brands just don't want to invest in skateboarding anymore. But everything we built was gold to me. Yeah. You know what, dude? We, it was fun. We had a lot of fun. and like, So basically, I ended up like running that company at the very end, Like, believe it or not. like, Yeah, you did. I, you, you I, I ended up being the president, which was insane to me, Like that I hung out long enough. And like, like they ended up making me president. And, and I had no idea the dire straits that the company was in until uh, they opened the books to me. And I started looking at it and was like, whoa, like. Yeah, like, um, <laughs> fuck. So, but it was fun, man. Like, I, you know. What's it like? Uh, what's, what's your, what's, let's get into Andrew Cannon. How, how okay. did, how did, was Andrew already there before you got there? And what do you, oh, no, 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 no. All right. How did Andrew get involved? And what do you love? You know about how him? Andrew got, a, you know how Andrew got involved? Yeah. Matt, Matt Price. So yes, Pricey he, Hot. He owes a lot to Pricey Hot, dude. <laughs> That's sick. Um, and I'll tell him every time I see him, dude, you owe Pricey Hot. Um, Price sends me his footage, like, hey, he, he, like, he, he instant messages me, like, hey, RP, like, 
you know, I got you're at World. I got my buddy over here, Andrew, that's really into World Industries. And I was like, okay, he sends me his footage. And I was like, ah, oh, dude, it's pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, yeah, Andrew. And good. you know, he was like, he was he was that ledge tech kind of guy. You know, like I was never like, oh yeah, he's like amazing. I'm sorry, Andrew. Like, um, <laughs> I, I was like, oh, he's, <laughs> he's so we go out to Phoenix Am. I think this is the first year. Yeah, because he was on Flow, I think, when you got on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we go out to Phoenix Am, and I, and like, I actually meet him, and the story is, is he said something, and I kind of like blew it off and walked away. I didn't even mean to. I think I was more like, uh, I was there trying to make sure that the team was taken care of, and like, and I had to go help someone else out. Um, but then we ended up, he showed us around the town, and like, we hung out, and like, it was rad. You know what I mean? Like, he fit. So I was like, oh, let's just blow him some stuff. It'll be good for the brand, and. We're trying to get a we're trying to get a presence in skateboarding again, and I think he was you know, I think he is a perfect dude. I think you guys did it correctly because Andrew knows how to talk, and he's a true skateboarder, and he's very outgoing, and he's very like he really enjoyed World Industries. Like he genuinely even liked the Flame Boy Wet Willie stuff. Like yeah. <laughs> Andrew Cannon was the perfect dude for you guys to get. Well, he to was Wet Willie that one year, wasn't he? Like he was one Wet Willie at like the. The Volcom Dam Am or whatever. Yeah, he was the perfect dude. Honestly, that was one of the reasons why I skated for World Two was because Charlie Thomas, you, and then we, I know Andrew Cannon was involved, and he was talking to me too. And I'm just like, this sounds sick. Like we got cool stuff going on. Like it's awesome. <laughs> you know what's funny is like, here's what he said to me. I guess like we we're talking, we we're at the skate park at the Phoenix Am contest, and he's like, oh hey man, you're Mormon, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, oh have you ever seen that show Big Love? And I was like, no. And I like walked away. He thought like he was like, oh, I just screwed all opportunities. I'm like, dude, Andrew, like, I don't even like, I don't even know why. I I swear, like I said, like I think I was like, there was something else going on that I needed to like help somebody with or whatever. So I was like, oh, um, yeah. Uh, so have you seen Big Love Sense? No, I never, I've never watched it. Isn't that the know. one where they have multiple wives? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's like a, I think it's a, an HBO series that like I never, never watched. So Can you clarify this for for me and maybe some of my listeners? Yeah, yeah. Do you have more than one wife? No, the one you just saw is the only one I got. That's what I, I knew that. But... Yeah, Mormons Mormons don't have they only have one wife. Like there's like a, a like a yeah there it was and uh, there's an offshoot that does actually still practice that and it's one it's illegal. Um and it's also not practiced in the church anymore. Like they've denounced it. Yeah. Um. But at the time, like, I think it was probably necessary um, to do that just because of, of the ratio of men to women. And also, like, in that time of the church, like, they, they were kind of on their own. They were like, they actually moved from the east, the east, Ohio and Missouri, and, well, New York, Ohio, Missouri, and then moved to Utah. And so they were, like, in the frontier, you know what I mean? And, like, you know, it wasn't like you go to the grocery store and buy your groceries and you go and, like, work on an internet job or something or you know what I mean like you had to like actually work to work you know get to eat your feed you're yourself, doing like you know? labor and fucking trying to survive yeah and like I think it was more of like you're taking care of like families you know what I mean I like, feel, I feel of, like the way the way I feel about religion is it's definitely it's definitely was something we needed to get to where we are and I'm not not and I don't mean to say like right. it's not needed now but back in the day it was almost like you needed religion because life was so hard because just survival was so hard that you needed like that strength you needed that like okay this is we just needed structure in in like a story a narrative like this right. is why and it would help people progress and move forward you know i feel like life was like that 
now it's a little more comfy for people, so I don't know. <laughs> no, it is. It is. But, um, I, you know, I think we also, you know, we do need um, certain things, you know. Like, I think the civilization or, or will never get away from certain needs. Um, but I also think back then, too, and the Mormon church and faith today is still very family-focused. So that's why it was like, oh, hey, like, we got to, you know, you got to be a part of a family unit that can take care of you, you know. Um, Family's good. Community's so, good. Those are beautiful. Those are the things we need more more of today, honestly. More community. So, uh, yeah, only one wife, dude. Ah, that's good. Um, Okay, World Industries, we're moving along, we're moving along. I want to talk about Ortiz. How do Ortiz uh, get involved? How do you know Ortiz? I talked about Ortiz the other day. <laughs> the hand rub. He'd always do that. Okay, here's what we're going to do. I was having lunch with somebody on Wednesday, and – and they're like, oh, man, I should have ordered what you ordered. I go, dude, you want to pull an Ortiz? And they're like, what? I haven't seen that dude forever. What's he do? And I'm like, well, he's usually like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Hand rub, obviously. Yeah, okay, excited. We're gonna... Fucking excited. Okay, okay, okay. You're going to get this. I'm going to get this. And then we're going to split it. Famous and, then for, and for dessert? For dessert? <laughs> always dessert, right? Always, always, always. Um, always. So I've known Ortiz for years, man. I, I knew he was shooting photos of Planet Earth. Like Ortiz has been in the game for for days, dude. Over twenty years. Over twenty years. Yeah. Um. And so Ortiz was hitting me up. It was great to get reacquainted with him. You know, like you, you, it, with anything, like you, you, it comes and goes. You, you, you hang out with someone for a while, then you move on and do something else. And like, you know, Ortiz was a made man. You know, built up four one one, did all that stuff. Like, um. Hell yeah. So. He was he was coming to the tail end of four one one. He's like, oh man, I'm looking for freelance gigs, and it was like, let's do this. Like, um, you know, and he had he was he was actually he was a great consultant because he did more than just shoot photos of you guys. You know, like he would spark adventures. You know. Yeah, he worked. Hard. Um, Ortiz worked hard. He was invested for sure. And he and he you know he may not be the guy that's going to go and, and sit in the gutter with you guys all day long. He was a little bit more scheduled, you know what I mean? Like, which is great. Like, he's an, old he's, a, he's, an he's an adult, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, he's got a schedule of time, but um, he's a hardworking dude. You've seen him at the Dude Tour. Oh, dude, like, I, I admire Ortiz. Everything I know about Ortiz, I really like. Um, I like that he cut Andrew Cannon's lip with a plastic knife. <laughs> I like that a lot. I like all the four and one stuff. Ortiz is like a gem. He's a real individual. And I have nothing but good things to say. Oh, you about hey, let's think about the let's think about the New York apartment, dude. Oh, New York God. apartment, Ramsey, Ortiz, um, <laughs> Lakers, Celtics, Finals, dude. We've had some amazing times, dude. Yeah, like, we talked about it on the Ramsey podcast. I don't know if you got a chance to listen, but we talked yeah. about the New York whole situation because that's when Ramsey was like he was homeless and he didn't have nowhere to go and we gave him all our extra like blankets and stuff from the tour and gave him food and he t we talked about that on the, the last podcast so if you get a chance go back and listen and his is really, Ramsey's really open and, and uh, honest about his life and his situation and, and he's excited so it's pretty cool it's a good podcast for sure it's family dude I think it's all dude these are family these are you guys are gonna be homies for life you know yeah absolutely absolutely man that's why I was like I want to do a podcast with RP I want to like I, I could have done it earlier but I wanted to wait until I like was like I want to talk to RP like I want to really call <laughs> him up and just chop it up because I've been so fucking busy with building everything with all I need the New England and yeah, show, yeah. show podcast like just hustling working a nine to five like and skating on top of that trying to film shoot photos and just do what I love you know so I was like I know hey, check this out dude I know we're gonna get back up and this is it <laughs> I was just I was just hyping you the other day Hell yeah. um. So my kid's in fourth grade, and um, his teacher's like, I want to do a radio show at the school. And I'm like, nah, 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 podcast. 
Yeah. And I and I sent her your um I sent her your your um your podcast link. I was like, here's a link here. Yeah. Check this. I sent her the the, the Chris Cerrone show. Do you know the Cerrone show? I do, I do. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Did, have you met with that dude yet? I haven't met him with him, but I've I've okay. spoken with him on the phone. So hopefully in the future we'll we'll link up. But dude, that's they go awesome. to they go to Taunton every month, and I'm like, you go to I'm like Taunton? No, you got to be with Shetler, dude. Yeah. And they're in your biz. They're in their podcast. He's got to come skate. Here. We could skate too. I'll take him to the edge and get him in. Tell him I'll get him in for free. We'll skate mini ramp for some flat ground. <laughs> so I was like, no, you got to do podcasting. So I just thought I just brought you up like the other day, like. So it's amazing. Like, let me just tell you, like, school nowadays, insane. Like, my kid just goes to public school. Um, excuse me, but the teacher, they have an online magazine. Yeah. So they're learning how to, like, build a magazine. I mean, it's not anything aesthetically pleasing at this point. But they're <laughs> learning how to do stories and take photos and attach them to, like, things. Um, and then she's like, I want to do a radio show. And I was like, no, a podcast, yo. Like, you should do that. Yeah. Um, it's really cool, like, how education is happening right now, like. Super no. exciting. Super excited. I, I love everything that's going on. I think the internet and all the connectivity is helping everybody. And as long as they don't fuck that up with the internet, we're good. You know what I mean? Like, we can see each other. I was talking about this the other day with someone. And it's just like, it's like having a mirror. Because it's like, the more connected we are, the more we can express ourselves. Like, back in the day, it was just magazines. Or you had to work for some huge fox or whatever to get on TV or but now it's like I can literally start up a pirate radio show or whatever you want to call it. And like especially when I'm trying to do in skateboarding, like I can just express my heart about what I love about skateboarding and why I do what I do and my story and everything. So people know like if they're going to buy all I need, they know who's involved. They know our direction. They know what we're doing. Like they either like it or they don't. But there's no like we don't have to just make a cool ad to try to get consumers. I don't have to just go, hey, this looks cool. You know, it's like, no, we make good product. We do awesome shit. And then we have a direct line of communication through the podcast, and the notes okay. keep growing because I got to have awesome people on. Look at the shirt, perfect example. Yeah, awesome. Like Alf is all like self-made through the through social media, dude. Yeah, technology. Like, it's beautiful. Yeah, he just he just has been making stuff and throwing it out there, and people are like fans of it, and they like start buying it now. You know what I mean? Like the cool thing about the cool thing about the technology and everything and social media and all this stuff is it just helps us like. Um, I feel like we get to know each other better, like everybody. So you don't feel like everyone can be themselves now because we, with the internet and everything, we can express ourselves very thoroughly. So if there's any genre of anything out there that you're into, you can find it now or you can get a niche. You know what I mean? Like back in the day, it wasn't like that. They'll just repress you and like you're the oddball, you know? But now it's like you can just get online and express yourself and explain it and da-da-da. So then we get to know each other. We get to know each other inside and out, which is rad. Yeah. But it's also scary for people in power and, like, government and stuff like that because they work in secrecy, secrecy and, like, behind closed door stuff. And it's like as everyone's – like, pretty soon the president's going to – one of the next presidents is going to have a Facebook. You know what I mean? Since birth, they're going to be on documented. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a lot harder to hide stuff, like transparency. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know. I just think now that we can see each other and see, like, who we are and what the people are, like, all over the world, it's like we can cherish the good things. You know what I mean? Like, um, good qualities. It doesn't have to all be financial so much. Hey, dude, since we're talking about politics. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think I'm going to use this opportunity to come out and tell you that I'm going to be running for mayor for Carlsbad for 2018. I can't tell if you're joking or not. Are you joking? No, I'm serious, dude. I'm, and I'm going to – well, you said politics and you said social media, and that's how I want to run my campaign is I want to run it socially. Dude, that is awesome. Good. Because I feel like like in Carlsbad, I want to like we're, – we're pretty – I don't know, man. I want to I wanna make it pretty youthful. You know what I mean? I want to go and, and hit Please. the – 
hit that uh, that younger demographic. So, but yeah, dude, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot this year, dude, or next like I guess it'll be next year. Damn, get this awesome. campaign going, dude. That's awesome. You breaking news? On, you just had the most breaking news on the show <laughs> thus far, for sure. Well, everyone's announcing their presidential race, right? So I'm like, I'm gonna I'll announce that I'm gonna run for mayor, bro. RP best. Go B Wilson. 2018. <laughs> nice ring to it. <laughs> I you love it. Like <laughs> Just, just make sure, just make sure you invest. You, everything you do is in um, helping the young kids realize that. Um, make sure they see silver linings and they see the future as a good thing, and get them all like working towards that and being happy, healthy, family, community. Um, well, all the. Have and I just went to school, dude, and like talked about how turning your interests and passions into a career. Oh, it's, it's like, so important. It's awesome. It's so important because. I don't, I just was talking about this. Wait, the the Mark Mark Johnson podcast comes out on Monday actually, and I I just recorded an intro and I kind of talk about this. I just say like, I hate feeling trapped trapped in a box, you know, and that sucks. Like society traps us in boxes and they make us feel like we have to just work these jobs we don't like, you know. And it's like we're talking about technology and like all this stuff. It's like we have these tools that we can kind of showcase our love, our passions, and we can try to figure out how to monetize it. So we're all trying to figure this out, you know? And uh, I think the more of us that, as I said on the intro on Mark Johnson was go kamikaze, which means you just go, okay, I'm going to do this no matter what, make it happen. Kind of like I'm doing with skateboarding and all this stuff. It's like, and I'm not telling people to quit their day jobs. What I'm saying is, start investing in your passion and your love like and go kamikaze with it like if you have to work that job make sure you take some of those shekels and that money and put it into what you love and start building something with it because that's the only way it happens like no one's going to give you anything we're in america you know what i mean the economy crashed everything has to be built or earned no one's going to give you there's no mama data the government's not our dad they're not going to take care of us they do not give a shit this is the wild west just like old america where it was like <laughs> where's america where it's like these dudes came and they just fucking took what they wanted and started the gangs in new york and like found these like nations it's the same thing right now like if we want it we have to all the majority of us numbers of us have to go look we want to invest in our st- in the stuff we love, and we got to start using the tools and finding ways to build this. You know, like mm-hmm. and don't be afraid. Just go at it. Don't give up. Don't let the world force you into a box because that's the worst fucking thing. That's why we all started skating. We didn't want to be in a box. We want to do something that's free and individual, and you can do it with a group of people. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like I'm huge on that, man. That's it's everything I do. That's <laughs> all I need, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome are you really gonna run for mayor or are you pulling my chain right now no dude i i think i really want to do it i got a bunch of friends the dudes at gnarlywood are like no you need to do this and they're backing it and i'm like okay let's do it like it's possible um, dude if someone else they have they, they got the shop downtown carlsbad you know they want to make sure that like you know and i'm not saying like uh you know i'm gonna do what they want but what i'm saying is like they want to see somebody good in carlsbad like and dude our mayor runs on un, uh uncontested there's no one else on the ballot dude yeah. i'm like Wait a second, like, who is this dude? He's been in this thing forever. Like, let, why don't you give it up to some younger dudes right now? Like, that kind of are, like, a little bit more in touch with what's going on and, like, or that have, you know, interest with this younger demographic rather than, you know. Well, that's, that's, that's the, that's a good platform to stand on. I'm huge on the young kids. Like, that's why I do skate lessons because, you know, if we want, if we, if we don't want skateboarding to be like a sport, you know what I mean? Because, like, kids get into sports, you know what I mean? And they get stuck in a box with these sports and these competitions because you have to fit into that mold and you have to do it in an arena and you have to be judged and scored. So 
you know, that's kind of like one side of skateboarding. That's the side I don't really care for. I love contests and I like competing, but I don't really want to have to. That does. I don't want that to be all skating's about. But if we get to the young kids and we explain to them like, look, just like in life, but I'll use skating as the analogy. Look, skateboarding is about self-expression. It's about community. It's about you know, it's art. It's like a, skateboarding is four wheels and a piece of wood that you apply all your qualities to your energy, your time, your love, your passion, and then you create cool shit with it. If you teach kids that, that's what skateboarding is too. It's problem solving at its basic. You know, you got to try all the wrong ways until you find the right way that works for you to land the trick. So if you just teach kids that and you preach that and talk to kids like, look, here's the tools, like learn, how, make mistakes and learn the right ways and like, you know, be creative and expressive and, and you know, like all that stuff is so good, man. Be, talking to the younger generation, we'll have a beautiful world because those dudes will grow up and admire that. It takes someone like you or me to realize that we could be leaders and that we could influence in a good way and not for money or power. It's not like why we do it, but just to see the change, you know, I'm huge on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm, awesome. not about, I'm not about power or money. It's, it's really like, look, like po- politics, I'm a believer in. It's like, you know, community service. You're there to help. And to grow what you're involved in, you know, and, and so. Yeah, you know what's beautiful, RP? I was talking to someone the other day, and we were talking about success. And I was like, success is cool, you know, like, it's all it's all good, you know. So I like success. But it's not, I feel like it's not really success if you're the only one on the mountaintop. You know what I mean? Like, if you're the only one who's successful, that's not really success, you know. But if you bring, like, everyone with you, and everyone comes along, and you guys build shit together, and you have a whole community of people, like, to me, that's, like, success. Because... You could be the only dude who has money and happiness or whatever, but you're not really going to have happiness if everyone around you is still struggling, you know? Yeah, you know what? Um, like Stephen R. Covey talks about it in, um, I think it's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Human. I think it is. I, I can't remember the name of the book. I think that's what it is. Um, and he talks about, like, you know, you want to get a win-win situation. So, like, you want to come up with something that is going to be a win for you and negotiate a win for you for your opponent or whatever. So like you're working to a win-win uh, conf, uh, solution rather than, you know, I'm going to come up on this guy more than he's going to get for me, you know? Yeah. You should have to the, tear him down to, to come up. Yeah. Right. And you go into that, um, into that negotiation with the idea that there's enough for everyone for enough to go around for everybody. Right. Like, yeah. it's not like you're going to be a greedy guy. It's like, okay, I'm going to go into this with the philosophy and mindset that there's enough to go around. So yeah. you know what I mean, like you, yeah, you could be up there by yourself on top of the hill, but if you really go into it thinking, like you said, like there's enough to go around, let's all elevate ourselves rather than than just the one individual. You, you know, know, you know what I think about too, not just in life, but in the skateboard community right now is I feel like if we want to find other ways to monetize skateboarding and for other people to make money off of skateboarding, and not not to get rich or whatever, just to like do it and to make some money and like you know do what you love then we have to try all different things, you know? It can't. Everyone can't be a pro. Everyone can't right, right, right. be the contest winner. So now that means we need more people thinking outside the box trying to do cool stuff, you know? Like a, this podcast is an example of that. It's like I just want to voice my opinions and have pros on and let them share their stories. Not just pros, but people in the industry, people I like, have them on and share stories and like this keeps growing, you know what I mean? Like there's things that we can do that can benefit skateboarding or benefit a community, not just skateboarding, but any community. And it's like we need key role players, you know what I mean? So, like, everybody can do that. That's awesome, man. I'm really stoked. Make sure – let's make some uh, – what are those things? Are you, so, in Carlsbad, right? That's where you're at? Yes. 
there's going to be lawns with things that say Volt RP best. Are they going to? Yeah, well, we'll see, dude. Things? We'll see. Or it may just be. It may not even be that. It may be the hashtag, dude. Then you have oh, to go oh, search oh. it out, bro. Come on, bro. You should do both because I just think those things are funny. <laughs> those little, yeah, the signs, the lawn signs. Oh, dude. <laughs> dude, I love them, man. I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Like, it just depends on how much money it's going to cost or whatever. But yeah, um, yeah, man. Like, I, I've, I have interest in a lot of different things and. I got a so, question. Do you think your religion, yeah. do you think your religion will um, affect this at all? Um, you know what, dude? Keith Moser, remember Keith? I love Keith. Yes, Keith is the man. So Keith has been talking about this for years now. Like, cause we used to carpool when he was working at World. Hell yeah. And he's like, you, you need to run for mayor. You got no dirt, dude. You got no skeleton. He's <laughs> like, you got the power of the church behind you. <laughs> A man of God. <laughs> uh, no, dude. I mean, whatever. Like, I'm sure people in the church, like, it'll be another, it'll be a network for me to get my name out there. But like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's, you know, people have opinions in church as well. Like, they may not want me. They may like the other, the, the, the current person, or if there's someone else running against it, you know. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. Like, I'm not going to use the church as a, as a um, platform. Yeah. But um, it's a good community cause, that because you... really that's not what it's there for, you know. Like, yeah. um, so, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure if, if you know, people will know my values through my religious affiliation yeah. and they'll probably, you know, want to, you know, vote for me because of my, they know my values and my core, you know, um, ideals. So you ever think, I, you ever think about a podcast? <laughs> I wish I had time, man. Like, I, no, no, like, no. You I, I'm hustling time. right now. I'm hustling <laughs> right now, dude. Like I'm about ready to have another kid too. So I don't know. Damn. Dude, I, I'm, I'm, I'm consulting right now. So I'm working for, I basically have three, three, um, clients or jobs. So like I'm working for ProTech as, uh, marketing and team management. So I kind of, I went back to that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then I'm working for World Industries as, um, well, I guess I'm marketing and international sales and licensing. Yeah. Um, and really kind of trying to help brand manage, like, and we can, I could tell you about that. That's craziness because I just, they don't. Do they have a skateboard uh, team? No, skip they it, don't know. Skip it. <laughs> they don't know. They don't know what they um. They don't know what they're doing. You know, they so I'm trying to help off. them. They cut the roots off. That's. I, the I know, but there's new owners now, and I'm trying to explain to them, like, hey, man, like, like this is the situation, and um, and then I'm actually working with uh Stacy Lowry again. It's so rad how things go full circle. That's rad. Stacy just launched a footwear brand in the outdoor world. Damn. Uh, outdoor industry, really. So it's like it's like polar. Koala tree, um, but for it's footwear rather than apparel and and um, like tents and 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 what's, um, what's the brand? It's called Ridgemont Outfitters. Oh yeah, I've checked them out. It's very so. Um, so basically, his idea was, you know, he designed. He he dude it was rad. He's self taught. I mean, he's he went to school for design and art, um, but then pursued a professional skateboard career. You know, like I don't even know if he got a degree. I should I should probably know his story, but I don't. Um, as many years as I've worked with him, but the, um, he was like, he went on his honeymoon with his wife down to Costa Rica where they were going to go and whitewater raft into where they were staying. Like, and they're going to be staying in this eco lodge and taking hiking trips throughout the days and, and doing all these different adventures. And so he's like, Oh, I need to go get some outdoor shoes. He's looking at the wall, the shoe wall at these, like, it was probably REI. I don't even know where it was. And he's like, I can't wear this stuff. I'm a skateboarder. You know, he's like, I one, I only want to take one pair of shoes and I don't want to like wear those goofy looking things through the airport. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want to be, I bet you I don't want to be seen in that. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. not really who I am. 
And so he just took some skate shoes and then threw them away at the end or when he got home because they were just toast, you know? Yeah. So he decided to, like, make something that was, like, a crossover that, like, was something that looked, like, aesthetically pleasing to him. And I would think to us, you know, in general, because I, I think they look rad. And then that actually functioned well. So right. they're water resistant. They've got a lug sole. So they perform off, off, uh, road, you know, and like in the, so you could take them on hikes. You can, you can walk to the coffee shop. Then you take your dog for a walk. You know what I mean? But like you, you look cool. Like, but if you were like, Oh, I need to go up this trail. Like, Oh, I'm not going to slide out, you know? Yeah. It's got, the, it's got the technology for outdoors and climbing and off. Yeah. So like I put them and it's got, I put them on, on for the first time. Like, this is just a low-top canvas. Oh, this is actually suede, but we make a canvas one like this. Yeah. I mean, dude, it looks like a skate shoe, right? Dude, could but you, then it's got, you could skate in that, for sure. I oh. have skated in them, but the only thing is, is it's got a lug sole. So, like, yeah, like, I don't, I mean, it's just kind of, like, weird. But, dude, they're grippy as can be. You know, like, so, um, That's it's a it. cool concept, you know. Um, and he's just, he's just getting it off the ground, you know. So, it's rad. Like, it, I look at it as an opportunity to learn and to grow as well. Yeah. Um, and to help, help them with, with what I know. So, um, so yeah, man, I'm on that hustle right now. You know? Yeah, it's funny. I remember something you said. You were saying something like when the whole like world thing was like you were, you were just talking about the new economy and like how people are thriving or some people are thriving. And you said like the people that are doing well were like the hustlers. I remember you said that, and I, it still sticks with me. I'm like, well, that's a good sign because I hustle too. <laughs> no, you are on that hustle, dude. And like you have that mentality. I love it, dude, where you're like, look, man, I, I'll go get a day, a day job and like hustle at night on the skate stuff. Like, um, you know, I, I think I'm like the same way, you know, that's like my, my philosophy too. It's like, um, no one's going to just give it to you, you know, you got to go out and, and work for it, you know? So you got to find it. You got to find a way. Nowadays you got to find a way. We got to build the way we got to like, that's why I think communication and all the social media is so cool because you know, we have no, what we're doing is not easy. Like in America and a lot of other countries too, what we're doing is not easy. We're literally trying to build a new economy with this new technology and this new world where people's minds are changing. You know what I mean? Like weed's legal and like the government's like we just kind of see they put the they pulled the curtain from the Wizard of Oz and we're like holy shit! Like who's in charge? Nobody. Guess what? We are. So I think the communication and the social media thing is like. We have a chance now because we're doing we're trying to do something epic and great. Now, 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 now I mean, it. I mean, I mean, I guess we are in charge to a degree. So let me just exp- like so, you know me. I'm an, I, I like to to shoot firearms. Um, you and you like to what? I, I like to shoot guns, right? Firearms, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, and, and so we're trying to get a range in Carlsbad, like a gun range. Yeah. You know, you've been to my range over here at Oceanside, right? Dude, um, so much fun shooting guns is fun as hell. We're trying to get one here in Carlsbad and like the city is trying to shut us down. And I'm like, look at, you have 250 people right here at the city council meeting right now. Like, like for a gun range. Like you need to listen to the people. Like, like don't, like this is, this is a, you know, bias for us. You know, like this isn't like you guys tell us what's right, like what's good for us. You know what I mean? There's no, like, there's no dad. The government's not our dad. They're not. They try to be. They try to be. Yeah. You know, and that's where it's like, yo, you got to slow it down. Let's listen to the voice of the people, you know? And like, so, and it's funny cause like I talked to the gun, the gun shop owner, who's the guy that is trying to get this range put in and like really nice range, you know, like, like high end, like all modern stuff. And like, you know, he, uh, you know, he knows what he's doing and he's just like, yeah, it needs to go to the voice of the people. Like we need to have people, they need to listen to us. And I'm like, I totally agree. 
And that's where this is where um, the communication things come in, like with whatever struggle it is, whether it's building the skateboard community, building, you know, trying to get a gun range and start the gun community where people want to do it safely in a safe environment just for sport. Finally, listen listen about skate parks. You know what I mean? Like finally listening about skate parks. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how many people are using skate parks now, dude, like when they build them. Yeah, so the technology is there for that. That's why I think podcasting and social media and all that stuff is key because it's not like they if you can get enough voice and you can state your opinion and you can we can get our points across and find detail, it spreads. That information spreads across the fucking world. You know what I mean? Like tr- the truth spreads is what I'm saying. So if you really love something and it's truthful and you can understand that and express it properly, we have the tools to do that and connect and unite. Like, you know what I mean? That's the whole idea with the podcast with all the skateboarders. I want all these skateboarders on to come on so they can tell their story about how they fell in love with skateboarding, why they skateboard. I want I want kids in the next generation of skateboarders to hear the heartbeat of skateboarding and to know it wasn't about competition and that it was about the love. And then I think that shit spreads so fast that that'll just get more people in skating, you know, and we'll have new expressions and new characters and different genres. It won't be so in a box, but it's the same for everything, you know, whatever. If you believe in gun rights, like hunting or whatever, like start expressing that, like use the tools. We got to use the tools to do it. It's what we got. It's the only thing we got. No, I agree, dude. Hell yeah, RP. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the skate park and we're definitely going to do another podcast. Um, Another time, because I want to catch up again and do this again for <laughs> sure. Especially when you're running. <laughs> Once you get, oh, your- dude, yeah, 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 dude, yeah, for sure. Maybe after having a baby too, I'd like to talk about that as well. Um, but uh, I'm gonna go to the park. But how I end most of the podcasts is, I want you to, if there's anything you're stoked on, if you, uh, if people want to reach out to you or if you want to share any plugs right now, by all means. Uh, I mean, I don't really have any plugs other than. You know, the three brands I listed before, obviously, because that's who I'm working with. Ridgemont. Uh, so what was Stacey Lowry's brand again? Ridgemont Outfitters. RidgemontOutfitters.com. Um, then Protect, man. I mean, original since 73, dude, like making helmets and safety gear. Uh, it's it's a great brand to work with. Awesome. And then, um, obviously, I've been with World for uh, over seven years now. We can skip, over, we can skip over that. Then I'm skating. I'm skating. Okay. By all that, and then, like and then, and then hey, one more thing that I'd like to say is like, dude, um, I, you know, I, I'm super comfortable sharing my faith and stuff, and like, I feel like um, when I was younger, I wasn't necessarily as, as comfortable. I'm, I'm still, I'm still uh, strongly involved in my faith and and in the in the church, and I, you know, I, I want to encourage people to that maybe are like wondering and questioning about you know, their, you know, faith or what they do. And, and if it melds with like skateboarding or whatever they're into, like, I, you know, I think that, that, you know, you can, you can have both, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like if that makes any sense. Um, don't give up your, 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 your faith or your religion or your, your belief system um, to try and fit in. You know, I think you got to be who you are and be strong and, and, and be an individual, you know? Um, and that's what, that's what makes up the community, I guess that's so. Um, that, and then, uh, I, I guess at RP best, RP B E S S like everywhere I go, um, across, <laughs> across Twitter, Instagram, whatever. R- and RP's, uh, short for real player, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was our nickname. <laughs> hey, RP, um, thank you so much, man. You're an awesome dude. And like I said, in the beginning of the podcast, 
I think you're one of the nicest dudes, and I think you're very real and genuine, and I would vote for you, man. I would definitely vote for you. <laughs> you got you to move to Carlsbad, dude. <laughs> That's all right, man. Well, thank you. Right, Peace. Thanks. Take care. Hang on, brothers and sisters. Liberation is near. It's almost time.